given them the words that you gave me, and they've received them and have come to know in truth, I came from, I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Um, as you continue on in the passage, it's clear that he is pray, praying for, for these disciples right here. Um, and he says, all mine are yours and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Jesus, for the last several chapters in John, has been telling the disciples, I'm leaving. I'm going away. But the Father is sending another helper. The Father will be with you. I will be with you, even though I'm going away. And, and he even prays for this now. Until now, Jesus has kept them in his name. He's kept them from, from the evil one. Um, and, and now he's asking, Father, you keep them. Since I am going to you, you keep them in your name. And this isn't necessarily a keeping from harm or persecution. We see that obviously that's not true because many of the disciples go on, go on to die and get persecuted and, and harmed. And so this isn't that kind of keeping them from the evil one. This is keeping them in the faith. This is keeping them to, to himself, in that relationship with him. Keep them to yourself, God, is, is, what, is what Jesus is praying for these disciples. Um, we, we see that relationship that they're, that they're going to have with the Father through Jesus. And then, um, and then we see here, here towards the end, verse 18, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. We see the disciples' purpose in this section. What is the disciples' purpose? It's the same as Jesus' purpose. Just as you have sent me into the world, I send them into the world. What's the disciples' purpose? To glorify God. And they're going to, just as Jesus glorified God by making him known, they're going to glorify God by making Jesus known to the world and what he did for us on the cross. The disciples have this relationship with Jesus, and they're going to have this relationship with the Father. And their purpose is to glorify God. And we get to this last section here, and I, and I wanted to go through those first two a little bit quicker, and spend a little bit more time on this last section. Because in this last section, Jesus prays for us. And I really mean that, that he prays for us. As we read this first verse, verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. He's praying for those who would believe in him through the word of the disciples. That's us. And it's been 2,000 years, it's been many generations, but it's still because of what the disciples did that they passed on that word, that they, they wrote down the scriptures, that we could have them. We believe because of the disciples. So Jesus is praying for us right here. I'm going to read this next section, and, and it is a little bit confusing, but I want you to try to follow along because this is where we're, we're really at today. Verse 21, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me. That they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and, and I loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. 
I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. I think there's some confusing language in there. I and them, they and me, us and them, all all this kind of stuff going on. He repeats himself. And yet, as you look deeper into it, I think we find the answer to one of life's biggest questions. This is one of the biggest questions that we have. And I think a lot of you out there have have probably asked this question, maybe out loud to yourself or, or to other people. Some of you maybe never have, but I think it's a subconscious question. I think it's a question that you have that as I say this question, you'll go, yeah, I do want to know the answer to that. Some of you may know the answer, but it's good to be reminded of this. That question is, why did God create me? And really a better way to ask it is, why did God create humanity in general? Why did God create humans? Why did he do that? One answer is, well, we were created to glorify God, right? But did God need to be glorified? Did he need more glory? No, he didn't. We know that God has no necessity. God has no needs. So he didn't create us to fill some void in his life. He didn't create us for for any purpose of that. So why in the beginning, why before the beginning did he decide that he wanted to create us? And that's a big question. And several months ago, I didn't have a good answer to that question. But to answer that question this morning, I have to start with another question. And this question came up a few months ago for me. Um, Jill and I uh, and, and Michael were on a camping trip with my, with my dad's side of the family, and uh, we were getting ready to leave on the last day. And this question came, I don't, I don't remember if I read it somewhere or if it just popped into my head, I'm not sure, but, but I had this question. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll talk with, we have a three and a half hour drive home. Jill and I will talk about this question, see if we can figure it out, the, the answer to this question. So we got in the car, I started out, and I said, Jill, why did we have kids? Now, don't, don't take that the wrong way. I wasn't frustrated and like, why did we even have kids? It was a, it was a legitimate question. And I wasn't afraid to ask her because I was kind of like, I'm not sure she knows either. I'm not afraid to admit it in front of all of you because I think there's a lot of people that don't know why they had kids. And so we started to talk about it and we kind of backed it up a little bit, said, okay, why do people have kids in general? Let's start with that question. Well, some people have kids um, because that's just what you do, right? Uh, it's the American dream. You get a job, you get married, you have kids, maybe in that order. Um, that's just, that's, it's what you're supposed to do. And maybe that's not a very good reason to have kids. And, and I knew that wasn't the reason Jill and I had kids. It wasn't just because we felt obligated to. Um, Okay, that's not the answer. Well, what's another one? Um, a command, the first commandment in the Bible, be fruitful and multiply, because God says to have kids. That's a pretty good reason. But that still wasn't our reason. We, we didn't, I, it wasn't like one day I read that and was like, okay, Joe, we need to have kids because God said so. That, that wasn't our reasoning. And we couldn't really come up with a good answer. We talked about it for a while. We, we tried to figure it out. And we, we came up with something, but it, but it wasn't really there. I didn't feel like it was satisfying. So we, we couldn't figure it out. 
A few weeks later, I came across the answer to this question. And it was the same answer to that other question I was talking about. Is that my mic? Sorry, guys. Um, I came across the answer to that question at the same time um, as the other one. And it just, like, I went, oh, that makes sense. So let me start out by telling you why Jill and I had kids. <laughs> Jill and I had kids because of how much we love each other. Because Jill and I had this relationship together that was so fulfilling, so joyful, so wonderful. Now, don't get me wrong. We have our problems, okay? We fight. We're not perfect, okay? But there was still that love, that joy that we have for one another. And we loved each other so much, and there was so much joy that we wanted to create something that could join in with that. We wanted to create something that could be a part of that relationship. You can't just ask somebody else to, to come live with you and, and hang out with you all the time. That would be weird. It's, we, <laughs> so we, we wanted to create something, this being that literally, or take part in creating something that was literally us, the epitome of Jill and I in our kids. It's, it's half of each of us. To join in with this family that is our, our, our relationship extends now, not just from us, but into this family. Out of the joy that we had in our relationship, we wanted something else to be a part of that joy, to experience that joy. And that's why Jill and I had kids. And at the time, I didn't know that's why I was having kids. I know that that's why we had kids. I know that's the right reason to have kids because that's the way God made it. That is the way God created us. Without going into too many details, I'll explain it to you. When a mommy and daddy really love each other, <laughs> it leads to a uh, certain activity. Okay? I'll just put it that way. Okay? Out of that love, it naturally leads somewhere. Well, it just so happens that's the same thing that makes babies. Just saying, okay? God made it that way, that out of that love, we would be fruitful and multiply. And those kids could be a part of that family, could be in relationship with us. We know that the world has twisted this. We know that the world has messed this up, that it's not always that way. And yet we can see the way that God intended it. We can see the God, that, that God made it that way. He purposed it that way. So now you know why Jill and I had kids. Why did God create us? Before the foundations of the world, God had a relationship with himself. And I know that sounds weird, and we don't even begin to understand this complex Trinity, this Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but we know that they were there before the world existed and God had a relationship with them. We see that right there in John 17. Jesus says, the love that you had for me before the world existed. Before the world existed, God had a relationship with himself. And that relationship was so joyful, was so wonderful, was so awesome. And I can truly say that so much better as good as my marriage is, that relationship God had with the Son and the Spirit is so much better than that. It was complete joy. It was, it was all-encompassing. It was perfect. Out of that, he wanted to create something else to join into that relationship with him. He wanted to create, and out of his divine power, he creates this new 
being made in his image to be in community, to be in relationship with him. You want to know why God created us? He created us to be in relationship with him. God created us to be with him. Now, I want to make sure that we understand because I do believe that God created us to glorify him. And as John Piper puts it, God is most glorified in us and we are most satisfied in him. And I would say that we are most satisfied in him in a relationship with him. God created us to be in a relationship with him. And yet we know the story. We know that we screwed that up. Adam and Eve from the beginning said, no, God, I choose me over you. Sin entered the world. And that relationship was severed. There was a wall put between that relationship. But God wanted that back so much. God loved us so much that he sent his own son to be born to live a life, and to die for us. Do you understand that God severed that perfect relationship that he had with his son for a time? He severed that, he broke that in order to restore his relationship with us. That's how much he cared about us. And so now, because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he paid for our sins, because he took down that wall of sin in between us and God, we can be in relationship with God again. We can fulfill what we were created for. And if there's anything I want you to remember from today, if there's anything I want you to get out of this, it's that we were created to be in a relationship with God. We were created to be with God. And I could stop right now, and I could walk off the stage, and I think a lot of, I think most of you guys would understand what I'm saying, you would know what to do with your life, and yet I'm still, I'm still going to keep talking, because I need to hear it, because I need to be reminded every day what it means to be in a relationship with God. You see, I don't need to convince you that relationships are important. All of you know that relationships are important, and if you really look deep into your life, you would realize that they are the most important thing to you is your relationships with other people. Everything we do is, is, is for those relationships. You know that relationships are important. And so you know that if God is who he is and if he created for me, that, that he created me for that purpose of being in a relationship, you know that that relationship with him is important. But what is the most important thing to a relationship? I learned this in premarital counseling. And people over and over and over told me this as I was getting married. The most important thing to your relationship is communication, right? You've got to talk to each other. And I would say probably the biggest problems that I've had in my marriage was when I'm not communicating, when I'm miscommunicating. And a lot of you can probably understand what I'm saying. It's not just in marriage, though. Parents and kids, you got to talk to each other. Parents have to be willing to talk about the hard issues with their kids. They have to be willing have to, 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 to talk to them, even during those teenage years when your kids don't want to talk to you. you got to speak into their life. Kids, talk to your parents. When those tough things in life come up, go to them. Communication is important to relationships. Even being friends with someone, you have to continue to talk to them. 
or you're not going to be friends with them. Communication is vital to relationships, and so you know where I'm going with this. Communication is important to your relationship with God, and we see communication in prayer. We got to be praying. Should I I switch mics? Is this distracting? A little bit? Prayer is that communication that we have with God. And I can tell you that, and I just remember this, and so I don't even know who said it or anything, but prayer is, is to the Christian as breathing is to human beings, right? Prayer has to be a part of that Christian life. We've got to spend time talking to our Heavenly Father. That is the essence of our relationship with Him, um, is prayer. And it's not that, you know, five-minute devotion in the morning. It's not just praying really quick before meals. It's not, you know, that quick prayer before you go to bed at night or, you know, praying when you're frustrated or praying when you're worried. It's, it's about having constant communication with your Father. Because if life is, is supposed to be in relationship with Him, if life, if we were meant for that, if we were created for that, the only way to do that is to be talking to Him, is to be listening to Him, to be reading His Word, to be praying to Him. Prayer is is essential to this. And we see that in the life of Jesus. We see that in this prayer here. Jesus thought prayer was important. Even though he was God, prayer was important. In the midst of this passage, we see the relationship. This language, I and them, they and me, us and them. We were created to be in a relationship with God. There's also a corporate side to this because Jesus says right here, um, towards the beginning of that, that section in verse, verse 21, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one, that we as a church may be united in a relationship with Jesus. That this isn't just about becoming a hermit and, and, and praying all day. This is about coming together in relationship with God. What I want to tell you this morning is that a relationship with God is not the most important thing in your life. It is the only important thing in your life. It is the only important thing in your life. Everything else pales in comparison to that relationship that we have with our Creator. Because it is the only thing that you will be satisfied in. It is the only thing that you will find joy, true joy in. Because it's what you were created for. I don't just say this because of what Jesus says in John 17. I say this because it's true in my own life. And I've spent many years of my life not being in a relationship with God, not talking to Him, not spending time with Him, faking my way through Christianity. And yet when I am in, when I, when I am talking with Him, when, I'm, when I am spending that time with Him, it changes my whole life. And the people around me can see the difference in that. 
As we finish up this morning, I hope that you guys can see the importance of a relationship with God, and I hope that you can see that you were created for that, that we were created to glorify God through a relationship with him, and that it is the only important thing in your life. And at the end of the day, if you've only done one thing, let it be spend time with God. If you've done nothing else that day, at least spend time with God. Let that be the first part of your day. I want to encourage you guys to live for the purpose you were created for. Let's pray. Father, we come to you now, and God, I thank you that you that you sent your son to die for us, to break down that wall, that we can be in relationship with you again. God, I, th- I thank you that we can come before you and that we, can, that we can be with you. God, I thank you for sending your spirit to live in us. That we can know you, God, that we can know you. God, I thank you for giving us your word that, that we may know you more. God, I pray that that you would remind me every day how much I need you and how, how my life is nothing without you. God, would you please remind me of just the, the foolishness of a life without you. God, please speak into all of our lives here this morning. God, remind us how much we need you in our lives, how much we need to be seeking you with everything that we are. In your name, amen.